The Flames have played three games, but we're going to discuss everything you need to know. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and I am joined by my co-host, Nick Zararis. Nick, how are you? Cold. First actually cold day of fall so far today. That's why I'm layered up if you're watching on YouTube. (laughs) Well, before we dive into the Flames' uh, start to the season... Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. So, you know, like I said, we're going to talk about what we've seen, what we hope to see, and just kind of talk about it in general because there's finally hockey, but it's such a small sample size that, you know, labeling it, isn't gonna do any good so just yeah times locked on flames keep completely agreed with you generally speaking you can't start beginning to make determinations till you have about a month's worth of games and that's just like general like team like is this team good or not you don't you won't have enough data to start like actually kind of picking through the weeds and trying to determine what's sustainable and what isn't probably until thanksgiving ish when we get to that around the 25 30 game mark (laughs) until we have that many games we just don't have enough data to kind of to really discern what's real and what isn't all we have to go on is kind of what we've seen and how the the games have felt which there is there is a i'm trying to think of the word i would use it kind of feels like the flames are like learning how to ride a bike and they're getting a couple pedals going down the driveway. And then as soon as they're about to get to like, Oh, I'm biking. They fall off the bike and their parents help them up and then they restart. That's what the last two games have felt like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think back to, I think it was two years ago when the ducks got off to a really hot start and everyone was like, Oh, they're finally, you know, emerging. They're, they're a real team. It wasn't sustainable. And same thing with the Sabres probably three or four years ago. That the Sabres hot... did that like three times in five yeah. years where they came out of the gate really hot and then it just died out by December. Right. So it's you can't judge a book by its cover. I'm sorry. We are still bar- – we have barely opened this book. And we can't get too ahead of ourselves. And the overreactions are just so – I get it. Last season was bad. It was bad, but things are different. Just give it time. It's, it's interesting to me as like a psychological experiment, not as like a sports conversation. Cause like, what are you hoping to achieve by getting that type by doing that type of reaction by giving a performative dramatic, nobody knows anything about anyone yet. Hell we're, two months into the NFL season. And I think there's maybe two actually good teams in the entire league. There's of course more than two good teams, but we just don't know enough yet. And that, that league has played, you know, close to half of the games it's going to play for the entire season. The NHL, most teams, two, three games in at this point, 
you won't know anything definitive, not even definitive. You won't have anything to start forming real arguments about for at least another month, at least one more month until we can start determining if this team is actually good. If that team isn't like, there are still teams that have lines with like 75, 80% expected goal shares on money puck right now, because they haven't played enough hockey. Nobody's going to sustain a 70% expected goal share. The best lines in the league will sustain a high fifties. There is a lot of evening out and water to find its level. That's the thing about hockey season, even though it doesn't, even though hockey is grueling and physical, it is a very monotonous sport at times where it's 82 games over five and a half months. And it, that's a lot of time for things to kind of even out and for water to find its level. And that's why, you know, you just have to truly take this first month one game at a time. You got to say with the Canadian accent, though. Yeah. You do it. I can't either. I'm just saying, you got to say it like, uh, you got to say it with that disenchanted, like I've had the individuality stamped out of me since I was 14. Oh, uh, you know, we got to get our feet moving. Uh, we're going to take it one one day at a time. We got yep. some good looks. We got pucks in deep. We were moving our feet. I, I, you know, I liked what we were doing there in the third period. You got to have a lot of, you knows, likes, us. You, you got to sound like you're extremely inarticulate to really convey the point. Yeah, you're just going to sound uh, robotic and like you have no personality. And that that happens to the best of these guys. So it's probably going to happen to us someday. But, you know, I just I feel like the Flames and really any team, you like you said, you're not going to get any sort of real read on anything or anyone until November. At least. Uh, Jacob Mark later than that. Right. Jacob Markstrom having like a bad night at, in October does I mean, not mean he's he... bad, frankly. No. And we'll talk about that, but like it's not the end of the world. I promise you. They're not, there's no playoff picture that we need to be stressing about. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Oilers are in dead last in the entire league. I want to say the Oilers have been outscored three goals to 11 goals through like two games, something like that, like a horrendous goal share. It's so early. There's nothing definitive. Here's what you do. You start formulating your theories and then you watch the games and you gauge your theories based on how the games right. go. And then a month or two from now, when we can start doing deep dive analysis, then we can start having conversations about what's sustainable and what isn't. So far, the Flames have looked competitive. And that's really the that's the first benchmark uh, this early in the season. I'm not saying good. I'm not saying bad. I am saying they have been in all three of their games. They have had a chance to win all three of their games. I know the final score was kind of ugly against Pittsburgh, but they were in that game until it kind of got away from them there. Right. And that wasn't really – that wasn't that they got outplayed. That was that they made three mistakes, and all three of the mistakes ended up in the back of the net. Sometimes you have nights like that where the mm -hmm. other team is just able to convert on all your mistakes. But they have been competitive. And that's your first benchmark. Are they in their games or are they phoning it in? Are they disinterested? Is it sloppy? Is it ugly? And yeah, there are things to clean up and we're going to talk about that coming up. But at the very least, they're in these games. They have played their opponents well. You, you could argue they probably should have beat Washington last night. That's fine. I, I'd agree with you. They probably yeah. should have. They, they thoroughly controlled that game and they didn't get rewarded for it. But they got a loser point at least. So that's something. It's early. Deep breaths. <laughs> Deep breath. We're going to talk more about uh, the events that will eventually unfold and the really early takes of Jacob Markstrom and everything else surrounding the Flames. Uh, but first, we are going to take a quick break here, and I'm going to talk to you about game time. Game time, I 
kid you not, I probably checked the app three times today at work because I'm trying to get tickets to uh, the Flames when they're in Montreal. So, you know, I I stand by this app and you shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to your next big event. And if you are interested in going to theater, concerts, games, whatever it may be, Game Time has your last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, and they're super easy to find on the website or the app rather. And you get a view from all seats in the venue. And that's super helpful if you've never been to an event or this venue. And I think it's great because for concert views, it's a little bit different than a hockey game. So it's good to see different perspectives there. And you can earn $20 off your first purchase today with Game Time when you download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And then, of course, got to take a quick second here to talk to you about AG1. AG1 is a delicious way to start your day. All you have to do is put one scoop. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one sippable, drinkable habit. All you have to do is put the science-driven formula in a cup of water. Just one scoop to start your day. All great athletes have one thing in common and they take care of their bodies. Why not do that with AG1? If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Thanks everyone for hanging out with us today on Locked on Flames as we power through a few off days that I think everyone could kind of use after one one and one start. I wish the NHL did a better job of ramping up the season. Like, yes, there was a lot of games on Thursday. There were three games on Friday. There were a lot of games on Saturday. There were like four games on Sunday. There were six games yesterday. And I think there's like five or six games today. Like if you're going to launch your season, Be aware of what's around you. I understand you don't want to go head-to-head with the baseball playoffs or the NFL or college football, but then plan your season to start on a Tuesday or a Wednesday so that way you can ramp up into that and then you have the lighter schedule on the weekend. It's been frustrating. Like, I would like to watch some hockey. Like, I tried to do my power rankings today, and I was like, that's right. I've only seen, like, 11 teams because everybody's (laughs) playing at the same time. It's it's hard to gauge where everybody's at when you can't watch the games and you can't do that if there's eight on at once. I try right. to watch three games at once, but you 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 can pay you can glance over when you know the commentator's voice inflection changes and you know oh there's yeah. a scoring opportunity. But hockey is not like baseball where you can kind of whip your head around and keep an eye on multiple yeah. things. Hockey's hard to do multiple games at once. I just I really wish that they would embrace the staggered start times because why on earth? Were there four games on Saturday, four or five games on Saturday that started at seven o'clock? It's infuriating, man. I just want to watch games. I right. just want to watch games and feel it out. Right. And it's so, it's wonderful when there are those staggered start times occasionally. When one game goes to an intermission, you can just pop over to another one and that carries right. you over. It's 
simple. Figure it out. like 10, 15 minutes. I'm not saying you got to do 7, 7.30, 7.45, no. 8. I'm saying if you want to do Eastern time zone, you do 7, you do 7.30, and then you start your centrals at 8 o'clock. That yeah. way, during intermissions, people can go watch the other games. It's just, it's it's simple. It, it really shouldn't be this hard. It really shouldn't. There's probably logistical reasons for it. But as a consumer, why are you telling me I can't watch more hockey? Right. And the fact that we want more hockey should drive them to, and it's not just like it's the two of us saying this, it's a, a lot of people, and they just do anything right. Uh, because people don't want to, because it's been the same people in charge forever, and those people aren't inclined to change. But I, I digress. Back to the Flames. Back to the Flames. <laughs> yes. So they're in Buffalo on Thursday. It looked very bad, Buffalo, by the way. They have yet yeah. to win a game. Uh, they have three goals in, I want to say, two games. They did. They looked atrocious against the Rangers. They made the Rangers look amazing last yeah, Thursday. Yeah, they did. And then they lost over the weekend to the Islanders at at the Islanders in their home opener. So it's an opportunity. Buffalo is a very up and down tempo team. The Flames will be the Flames if they are able to stick to their structure and kind of maintain a rigidness to how they play, especially through the neutral zone. They'll be able to force Buffalo into mistakes, which is what the Rangers and Islanders both did over the weekend and last Thursday, where whichever team was in the neutral zone defending Buffalo would just kind of skate into them and then either pass the puck to the right and turn it over or just turn the puck over skating forward and really didn't get anything going. And the flames are pretty decent at that, at, at standing guys up in the neutral zone mm -hmm. and keeping things in front of them. Yeah. And you know, I feel like I Buffalo is actually the first game of back to back for yes. the flames. And then they go to Columbus, but Who's in Columbus? Never, never heard of the Blue Jackets in my life. Columbus scores goals. I'll give them that. Their their de their defense, their goaltending. It's not great, but uh, they score goals. I I'll give them credit where it's due. They've how got many, some forward talent. How many times do you want to hear that cannon? I hate that cannon so much, man. It's so dis <laughs> it's so disorienting. Like I'm just trying to watch a hockey game here. I feel like between that and the Tampa Bay Lightning goal horn. Like, those two could really just create problems by themselves. Some of the goal horns are very triggering for certain fan bases in certain situations. Yeah. Like, I like I know there are Detroit Red Wing fans who still hear Chelsea Dagger go off, and they think about that goal getting disallowed in the conference finals in 2013. Or Ranger fans who think about the lightning goal horn going off on game, I want to say, four against the, Ra uh, the lightning in 2015. That... that that's the thing about auditory triggers where it's like you can hear something and then instantly get taken back to where you were when it happened, yeah. the, when you heard it and the traumatic event. There's not oh, like not uh, have this effect on us. Uh, Here man. we are. I, it, it's hockey's just a hockey's uh, the, the capitals, the, the police siren goal horn. Yeah. The amount of playoff games I've sat through, whether it be watching the Rangers or the Penguins or whoever against the Capitals and the police siren goal horn. Like what? Oh, God. Why does it have this reaction? Well, hopefully the Flames can just not allow any of these goal horns or, you know, keep it to a minimum as they continue their road trip. What do you have to say for the people who think... You know, this five-game road road trip to start the season, like, it sets the tone. 
it really, you know, you get your feet underneath you a little bit here. Is this as bad as people are making it out to be? It's definitely inconvenient. The, the, I think it's 13 out of the first 19 are on the road. Something mm -hmm. really egregiously, like a stark contrast like that, which you don't typically see. You really only see that if you're having like renovations or something to that effect or your arena is booked for something else. But it's it's taxing you know you, you don't rest as well as you would at a hotel room you don't have you don't have as much access to the same amenities you do at your facility uh, even though you know the, the road team gets stuff when they visit an arena but it's not to what your degree of what you have right. at your facility what you're comfortable with whatever and like it these are this is on the margin these are little things those are things that good teams they don't really get affected by that they're ready to play in any situation whatever but yeah it's just it's inconvenient i don't think it's like i don't think it's a big deal i i really don't think it's that big of a deal if we're looking at them a month from now and they've you know they're a couple games under 500 then okay maybe we could talk about that being a factor but i especially because a lot of them aren't playoff teams like mm -hmm. as long if you're playing good teams okay but you know, handle your business against the teams you're supposed to come to the rink, ready to go. It's early guys in theory. And you, if you're not watching on YouTube, I threw a crossed up fingers up there. Guys aren't dinged up yet. They're not managing nagging injuries the same way they would be in January or February. So in all honesty, this is when you want to get your road games out of the way is early in the season when everybody's as healthy as they can be. At least for the flames. I mean, actually that's a lie. The Washington capitals and Pittsburgh penguins, are older teams. But number one, Pittsburgh was on the second half of a back-to-back. -back. Not great. No. Losing to the nursing home capital? Come on. After controlling the game the way that they did. I mean, I wasn't able to watch the entire thing uh, because I was traveling back. But, like, where where did it go wrong? Against the Capitals, it was just kind of sloppy. I, I It was just a little bit sloppy. I mean, the second Washington goal, Markstrom just flopped. He'll tell you himself he has to have that. He he looked behind him. He had an opportunity. He just didn't react fast enough to get it as it was squeaking across the goal line. The Matthew Phillips goal, that's a, tr that's a transition goal. It was a two-on-one. It's a pet peeve of mine when defensemen snow angel instead of going to a knee to try and break up the two on one because once you snow angel, you're out of the play. You can't right. react. You can't you can't reach or anything. Once you go down to your belly or your back to make that play, there's nothing else for you to do unless the puck hits. If you stay on a knee, you can get your stick out into the shooting lane, or in theory, you can stretch one of your legs in a direction to get to the puck. So that's something I've noticed. Zadorov did that a couple times against Pittsburgh as well on Saturday. But he, when you're back defending a two-on-one, you're a little desperate. You're just trying to get your body in the way any way you can. So you know you give a. You give a little bit benefit of the doubt. The Pittsburgh players are really good. The Washington goal was a two-on-one. Markstrom didn't really have a great chance to make a save because the defender, I think it was Tanev on the Phillips goal, he overcommitted trying to make the save. And then it was pretty trying to break up the pass. And then it was pretty... It was pretty easy shot. They had Markstrom moving left to right. When you get the goalie moving and it's a two-on-one, that's where you want to be in the NHL when you're making rush opportunities. Oh... It was, it's still early, people. We have plenty of time ahead of us. But uh, we are going to wrap up the show with a little bit, you know, we're just, we're taking the temperature of this team today. And we are going to take a quick break here. And I'm going to tell you about one of our favorite apps, uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. A snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Nick, 
How did your betting over the weekend go? Oh, I took a bath on football this weekend. It was almost a toaster bath, but thankfully. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, don't listen to us when it comes to betting advice for football. But the app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks, everyone, for sticking around with us. So thank you for being here with us, truthfully. Like, this schedule did not line up with my schedule very well. So you've probably watched more flame hockey than I have this week. Yeah, I mean, I've actually been able to watch most of all three games. Some of the game on Saturday night I missed. I want some of the first period because I was out. But by the time I got home, I was able to watch the end of it. So I've got a decent grasp on what I've seen. They played pretty well. They, they've done a good job of controlling play. The Winnipeg game, the one game they won, ironically, yeah. <laughs> was probably their worst performance of the three, but they were able wow. to. They got dramatically outchanced, but Markstrom played great, kept them in it till the end, and they found a way to win at the end. It's what I t- when I talked about on mon- yesterday of what the episode I did by myself. I, that's the difference between good teams and bad teams. And this is going to sound very cliche. Good teams find ways to win. Bad teams find way to find ways to lose. The the Flames found a way to win on sat, uh, last week against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Saturday, you know, the Pittsburgh game. You're at two two in the third on the road after bl- having a two goal lead early. You felt pretty good about it. Same thing happened to you last night against Washington. You got a two goal lead early, and you couldn't find offense after that. It's we're still in the early stages here. We're feeling things out, and it's very very early. How has Huberto looked? Because I have seen some people saying that he looks like. like he's lost out there like he has no idea what's going on it's hard to gauge because i can only go off of what i understand what their responsibilities Mm -hmm. are supposed to be based on the situation they're in like i can go pull up a a book of every single team's x's and o's and tell you what it's supposed to look like but that's what kind of separates hockey from the other sports is there's so much interpretation and freedom to the guys out on the ice to make a play within that, within those defined parameters of, well, if you're F1, you're supposed to do this. If you're F2, you're supposed to do this, but it doesn't always work like that. And that's why hockey has so much kind of why coaching and hockey kind of matters the least in the actual game, because they're not calling plays. It's not like football. No. It's not like baseball. It's not like basketball, baseball. There's, they're not calling play pitches from the dugout in ba- football. They're not calling plays from the box in basketball from the sideline. They're not calling plays so a lot of it is up to their um their determination i will say he's been forcing it a little bit maybe a little bit too much passing but other than that i mean it's very early to tell we're still kind of ironing out line mates and who's going to play with who that's the other component i would say once we got a better idea of what the lines are going to look like then we can start critiquing well i would like to see this person doing this more a little bit more of that so forth i think that it's pretty interesting and probably for the better uh, that Ryan Huska has kind of shuffled the lines, especially during the preseason and practice, because it's less of like a, a adjustment. It lessens the adjustment, maybe, if for these some of these players moving around a lot more than others. There are two schools of thought with this, and I understand a lot of coaches because you know the the tactics, the strategy, the X's and O's, whatever. They're pretty inmalleable. 
Like when a team isn't playing well, the coach isn't going to change their responsibilities or the structure. They're going to re-emphasize the structure and say, we need to play harder. Mm -hmm. We need to stick to our system more deliberately, as opposed to like in football, if they're sitting in a cover two, you're going to run the ball to try and get them to bring that safety down to the line to be able to throw the ball more. There, There's not like a rock beats paper, a paper beats rock kind of situation in hockey. It, that that's where the con line juggling comes in because that's one of the direct ways a coach can change how guys are playing by changing who they play with. So I think based on three games, there hasn't been a ton of juggling. There hasn't been a ton of guys shifting in and out. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what Huska's default is when things aren't going well, if it'll be to allow guys time to figure it out or if it'll be to juggle to kind of try and get a spark. I'm so glad that you can break things down like that for all of us to understand because it's a different perspective and a good way to look at things. Um, how is the power play really? Like, I don't think that it's, I saw people saying that this was, you know, it's a failure. It's, you know, this is uh, Kirk Mueller's uh, power play all over again. We are three games into this and I believe that they have scored like, three or four power play goals. The big thing, and I talked about this a lot in the off season was they don't have a conventional trigger man for their power play. Right. They don't have somebody with the big one timer. So that changes what you have to do on your power play to generate offense. Typically speaking, if you don't have the big one timer where you're looking for the cross team pass or the defenseman from the point, what you're mm -hmm. going to do is look for the deflections, the rebounds, the stuff around the net mouth, or you're going to look for the tic-tac-toe kind of pass to a guy who can get it close to the net mouth. You want where the puck will be at one of the circles or below the goal line and then get it out to the middle in that slot area in between the circles. That's generally where you're looking for if you don't have somebody with a big one-timer. In an ideal world, they trust Coronado enough to be that guy eventually because the release is there. The release, his, he's arguably got the best release on the team three games into his NHL career. He's got a great shot. He really, the goal against Pittsburgh, that was a, that was a professional goal scorers goal there. He beat the goalie near post on a one T great look that if they get him comfortable enough to do that, then that opens up more stuff that that's once you get to, like I was talking about at the beginning of the show, the mm -hmm. riding the bike metaphor Yeah. right now, the flames got to get to where they're pedaling and they're keeping the bike level in the middle. Once they do that, then they can start pedaling faster and trying to right. pop wheelies and stuff like that. Once we get the pedaling going, because remember they were 19th in the league in power play last year. They don't need to be top 10, but they yeah. need to bump that up to 14, 15. And that's your difference in your 28. 29 one goal games four or five more power play goals it's doable because you know what we have 79 more yes. yeah 79 more games so like it this promise it's not you know doomsday in calgary hopefully we won't be seeing that again this season but that does it for today's Ooh, oh that was a total nothing burger forget it i'm not even going to dignify reading that i honestly should have been skeptical just clicking on the link based on who tweeted it but well that that does it for today's show uh, thank you everyone for hanging out with us today. You're up for some more uh, East Coast friendly times. It's delightful. And I, don't get me wrong, I love staying up late, but there's something nice about being done at like 11 o'clock instead of 
12.31. So make sure you subscribe to Locked on Flames wherever you're getting your podcast and, of course, on YouTube as well. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, leave a nice little review and a little rating. And, Nick, do you have any parting words? Um, It's cold. <laughs> Bundle up.